Hello, friends, and welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. This is episode 200 of our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. I'm so happy that you are with me again. I want to give a big shout out to my friend Brian and Liz that got married this Saturday. What a joy it was to be with them in Brooklyn, where they live and work and go to their church and be a part of their union together. It was a beautiful time. What a beautiful day in Brooklyn. Went with a friend of mine over to his cousin's shop, Harlem Chocolate Factory in Harlem, New York. It was amazing. Tasted a little bit of that chocolate. It was divine. It was so good. And so it was a great weekend. I hope you had a wonderful weekend recognizing with the audience we have that some of you might have had some challenging to your weekend. We hope everything is working out for its for your best and for good. And I'm so glad that you are with me. If you want to know more about LanceBain.com, check out L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. There's plenty of resources available there for you. Hopefully, they can add value to you and to your leadership journey and just to your journey in general. I'm just a privilege to have you with me today. I want to talk about solutions for workplace disagreements. Solutions for workplace disagreements. As many of you know, if you listen frequently to the podcast that I work in the not-for-profit faith-based industry, I'm a pastor of a church. I had a mentor of mine say one time that being a leader in a church would be great if it wasn't for the people. And maybe you can relate to that. <laughs> like the work you do, the ministry you do, the volunteerism you do would be great if it wasn't for the people. Wherever there are people, there will be conflicts. We bring the conflicts, we create the conflicts, we're on the receiving end. And today I want to talk about 10 steps to solutions for workplace disagreements. Workplace disagreements are common, and they can significantly disrupt the creativity, the enjoyment, and even the productivity of an environment, whether that is a church environment or a for-profit business, a community, even your family. Workplace disagreements or family disagreements are common, and solving workplace disagreements or solving relational conflicts, particularly in the professional space, requires intentional, um, thoughtful, and constructive um, approaches. And I want to share with you just 10 steps, and we'll go through them quickly today, about how these steps can help you effectively own your responsibility, manage you well, and come to this disagreement wanting to work towards a solution. And for some, it's just easier to sweep it under the rug, uh, just to ignore workplace disagreements. But for many of us, we spend 30, 40, 50 hours a week at this workplace. And so having re relationships that are fractured or tense or there's just this unspoken um, discomfort and dis-ease in the relationship is not enjoyable. And as I say, yeah, that really begins to affect the culture, the quality, the environment of the workplace, which has a very powerful effect upon actually being productive and being an emotionally healthy participant in that workspace and wanting to collaborate and create and contribute uh, together. So I want to share with you these 10 steps 
for solving workplace disagreements. Here is step number one. Stay calm and listen. Stay calm and listen. I was talking with a friend recently. He's doing some cross-cultural work in uh, East Africa, West Africa. And he's doing some work with uh, native village leaders in this country in West Africa. And when I was talking to him, it was amazing because I was asking him, like, what are you finding that is true to human nature versus what is true to just cultural traditions among these villages that you're working? And what came up was the subject of listening, is that even in this West Africa country, in the remote landscape of these villagers, these chief leaders want to feel heard. And so he recognized that the more I go in and listen, it creates a bridge heart to heart, mind to mind, and you can actually begin to leverage the relationship to bring productivity, add value, solve problems, work towards solutions. And staying calm and listening is challenging because we have lots of emotions and we have lots of opinions. And so we don't want to stay calm. We want to be passionate. We don't want to listen. We want to communicate. Maybe we want to control or maybe we want to dominate. Or maybe on the other end, if we're not the T-Rex that is aggressively dominating, we become the goat that is just passive and disconnecting and doesn't want anything to do with it. When we face a disagreement at work, it is important to stay calm, to stay composed, to actively listen to the other person's perspective without interrupting or becoming defensive. Understanding that another person's point of view is important and showing empathy is critical to them actually feeling heard. Practice, if you will, my friends, staying calm and listening. Step number two, clarify the issue. Sometimes the disagreement is not the disagreement. There's a deeper disagreement that's not often explored or um, pursued. Sometimes the disagreement, and you've agreed upon that, yes, this is the disagreement, has a language barrier that each of you are speaking from your own unique glossary and you're missing each other in terms. When we talk about clarifying the issue, we're talking about ensuring that everyone involved are clear about the specific issue or the concern that is at hand. And sometimes disagreements can stem from misunderstandings, miscommunications, each of us speaking from our own glossary, and therefore we assume that everyone has the common codebook, the common glossary that we are using. And so while one person might talk about defensiveness, another person may talk about being grumpy. Two different words, but they think they're saying the same thing, and they're possibly not. And so you have to take the time to clarify, restate the problem to ensure that everyone is on the same page. Step number three is to find common ground. Once you've clarified the issue, you find common ground, which is to say we look for areas of agreement and shared interests. And finding common ground can create a foundation by which we begin to find resolution in the disagreement. We focus on common goals and objectives, and we explore how everyone involved can work towards a mutually beneficial solution, finding common ground. This is such an important piece because it owns our humanity. Finding common ground removes the us versus them mentality. (laughs) Finding common ground recognizes that we're actually allies and not enemies. And when you can stay calm and listen, and you can clarify the issue, getting to finding common ground is much easier, 
it is more productive, and it is something that you will experience happening on a more frequent basis. Stay calm and listen, clarify the issue, and find common ground. Here is step number four. Step number four on solving workplace disagreements, be open to feedback. Being open to receiving feedback and to experience critique without feeling criticized is so important. It is essential to solving workplaces, workplace disagreements. And I use the term feedback. It's a very popular term. But I wonder sometimes how much feedback is actually this. Complain back. Critic back. Judge back. Like, the feedback we're getting doesn't actually feed us. It condemns us. It criticizes us. It complains. And so it's not actually feedback. It's complain back, critic back, judge back. We need to be open to feedback. And so if you're giving the feedback, give constructive feedback. Offer something to, the, to the, those that are at the table working towards solutions. Give something that is helpful and, 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 and needed and, and useful for actually finding solutions. And we need to be open to receiving the feedback, which requires a heart of humility, a teachability, a willingness to listen and do perspective taking. Constructive criticism and getting feedback can help us identify the blind spots and improve actually ourselves and therefore bring a better us to the workplace environment. And instead of becoming defensive or dismissive or denial or discouraged, we actually view feedback as an opportunity for growth and improvement. Even today, I had a wonderful meeting with one of my staff and I offered some feedback and they said that's very helpful feedback. Because we have a mutual interest, everybody growing, everybody being healthier, and enjoyable workplace environment. Step number five is to express your perspective respectfully. I want to underscore (laughs) respectfully. Express your perspective respectfully. Don't yell it. Don't argue it. But express it. And when expressing your perspective, you want to use respectful and assertive communication. Other forms of communication is aggressive communication. This is basically like I just described, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. The aggressive communicator just eats everyone in their environment. You have the goat communicator, which is passive, never says anything. And actually, goats enjoy being around T-Rexes because goats believe they should be eaten anyway. So goats don't ever say anything. Passive communication. And then you have the passive-aggressive communicator, which is what my friend Danny Silk describes as the chocolate-covered dragon. Sweetie on the outside will burn you up on the inside. And so these other forms of communication are not helpful. We don't want to be the aggressive T-Rex or the passive goat or the passive-aggressive chocolate-covered dragon. What we want to be is an assertive communicator. And when you express your opinion, you do so with a respectful tone, protecting connection, looking for what's best for everyone, establishing and managing um, healthy boundaries. And so you clearly state your point of view while avoiding personal attacks or blaming language, pointing the finger at other people. Remember, we want to focus on the issue at hand and stick to the facts clarify the issue. We found some common ground. We're giving helpful feedback to each other, and we're going to express our perspectives respectfully. 
This is so important to what we're doing. Step number six, brainstorm solutions. Brainstorm solutions. You've clearly identified the problem. Everyone is feeling heard. And now you want to brainstorm solutions. And so we engage in collaborative problem-solving process. Is your room set up where you're meeting to have a brainstorming session? Do you need a whiteboard? Do you need a glass board? Does everyone need to contribute in some sort of social network collaborative way that we can throw these solutions into a place where everybody can see them? Is your room open to hospitality and to dialogue? Or is it set up like a classroom lecture? Someone's in control and dominant. Everyone else is sitting low and looking at the other. Or is your space set up for brainstorming solutions? See, brainstorming potential solutions is something we do together and we want to be open to new ideas. And so we encourage creativity and innovative thinking so that we can find alternatives that address the core issues. This is Brainstorming Solutions. Here is step number seven. Consider the bigger picture. Sometimes we need to step back and we need to consider the bigger picture. I call this the satellite view of the problem. Sometimes the problem is not really the problem. It's a symptom of a bigger problem. And we can spend all of our time and energy managing the urgent problem without recognizing there's a root problem that keeps springing up these more urgent issues. And so we have to consider the big picture. Sometimes it's helpful to step back and consider it and assess how the disagreement may impact the team or the organization and... We want to keep the greater goals in mind. We want to consider whether compromise is necessary for the sake of achieving a larger objective and where are we going to contribute to this compromise? Where are we compromising today and someone will compromise tomorrow? Step number seven is to consider the bigger picture. Step number eight is to seek meditation if needed. Mediation, I'm sorry. Seek mediation If needed, I had a situation on my staff a few years ago where I brought in a third-party mediator to help some of my staff work through an issue. I had done everything I could and everything I knew to do to help bring a solution, but we weren't there yet. And I was grateful for friends around me who have practice in mediation and were able to insert themselves into a conversation and to bring helpful solutions. The mediation process from an objective perspective, covered much of what we talked about. The mediator can stay calm and listen because, after all, they're not emotionally invested. They can bring objective listening to help clarify the issue and reassure everyone that we're after common ground. The mediator is open to feedback, but more importantly are those others open to feedback because the mediator is there to serve them and to serve the relationship. The mediator doesn't mind expressing perspectives respectfully and brainstorming solutions and considering the picture because, again, the mediator is an objective third party. And so if necessary, we want to seek mediation. If the disagreement persists and everyone is unable to find a resolution on their own, consider the role of mediation, a neutral third party, an HR representative, someone within your organization, a friend, or maybe someone that's been trained in peacekeeping techniques and reconciliation skill sets. These individuals can help facilitate a constructive conversation and hopefully find a resolution that satisfies everyone involved. Step number nine, follow-up. 
After a solution has been reached, resolution has been made, you want to follow up on the agreed upon actions and ensure that everybody is implementing the solutions that they agreed upon. Trust and verify, as the old workplace proverb says. You want to regularly check in to assess progress and maintain open communication and to avoid the issue from resurfacing. And I would add what is very, very important in follow-up is not just an evaluation or an assessing of the progress and the open communication, but also adding to that celebration and attaboys and affirmation about how proud you are and how pleased you are that others are working towards a common solution. This is the power of your culture. This is the power of your values and your practices and your mission at work right here, right now in this follow-up space. Step number nine. And lastly, step number 10, learn from the experience. We view disagreements as learning opportunities. These disagreements, these workplace disagreements, they're immediate and they're urgent and there are stuff on the surface that we have to solve and we have to deal with. And there's lots of emotion and lots of opinion, but let's find common ground and clarify the issue and practice good listening, et cetera, et cetera. And then once we do that and can reframe and find ourselves in a more emotionally mature position, we can actually reframe it that this is a learning moment. We can reflect on the experience and identify ways that we can improve our connection and our communication, our collaboration, and our conflict resolution skills. Maybe next time this is actually solved between people more quickly. And so we want to learn from the experience. Let me give you these 10 steps again. Stay calm and listen. Clarify the issue. Find common ground. Be open to feedback, express your perspective respectfully, brainstorm solutions, consider the big picture, seek mediation if necessary, follow up, and then learn from the experience. Friends, let's remember that resolving workplace disagreements, disagreements in the professional place, and maybe some of these skills I believe would even work within your own family, your own core relationships. Remember, That resolving disagreements requires this mutual respect and listening and willingness. And by approaching these things with a helpful attitude and a constructive attitude, you will foster a a greater sense of unity and agreement and harmony at the workplace environment. And then, friends, creativity, collaboration, courage, community connection, curiosity, clarity, it all begins to rise. (laughs) It rises because we know how to solve workplace disagreements. Friends, I want to tell you that your workplace relationships are worth it. They're worth the hard work. Have a forgiving attitude and put these 10 steps into practice. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay hopeful, stay healthy. I'll talk to you soon.